At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Welcome to it, folks. Time for another edition of VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. I'm Danny Burke, your host here as always. And just like he's always here to preview Monday Night Football, it is Brady Cannon at Las Vegas Golfer, excuse me, where you can follow him on Twitter, myself at Danny Burke 5 Brady coming off another great Monday Night performance when we were talking about the Saints and the Ravens game last Monday. Baltimore coming through. We had them on the first half. Brady had them for the full game, and Brady nailed it really right down to a T. Pretty much scheming or saying what the scheme was going to be in terms of Baltimore's offense versus the Saints' defense. And now we're looking for some momentum once again. Uh, a little bit different setup here. It is a division game uh, where you got the Eagles taking on the Commanders, but the spread's uh, a little bit wider here, Brady. <laughs> we're seeing the Eagles laying close to 11 points in this spot in terms of a consensus total. Uh, we are seeing around the books uh, 43 and a half. It did open 45 and a half, so it's dipped down a little bit. And then, like we were saying with that spread, now at 11, however, it did open up 10. So, uh, what are we thinking about this one? First thoughts, Brady. Well, a uh, couple things. Uh, first of all, 11 points with a total of 43 and a half is quite a bit. Now, I understand it. The Washington offense is pretty anemic, but you know, you mentioned it. This is the division game. Uh, and let's 
give Washington a little bit of credit here. They're in last place in the division, but they're only a game under 500 at four and five. And they had won three in a row. They've won three out of their last four. Now they fell to Minnesota at home last week. And we know or we found out today, this Minnesota team is pretty good. Uh, an incredible effort in being able to get past the Buffalo bills today. I wasn't sold on Minnesota at seven and one, all their numbers, don't suggest that they're a dominant team, um, but they look pretty darn good today. So again, let's give Washington some credit uh, for hanging tight with the Minnesota Vikings in week nine. Uh, you know, this Washington team has really improved quite a bit. And, you know, on the other side, we, we know Philadelphia is terrific. And there's so many different ways they can beat you. They, they do it on defense. They lead the NFL in turnover differential. They can do it on offense with the running game or the passing game. So they're really tough to beat. They've got a great offensive line. And even though that pass rush for the commanders has been really improving in the last uh, five or four or five weeks or so, uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them, certainly in this contest. But, you know, you were talking about playing the first half in the uh, Baltimore Ravens game. And maybe that's the best play in this game, Danny. The Philadelphia Eagles score on, I believe it's over 57% of their drives in the first half. That is the, that is the highest rate in the NFL. Conversely, the Washington Commanders only score on about 19% of their possessions in the first half. That is the lowest rate in the league. So if you like the Eagles here and you don't want to lay 11, 10 and a half, whatever it is, we're, we're pretty much painted across the board at 11 out here in Las Vegas. Uh, maybe the first half is something to look at because that's really where the Eagles have been doing most of their damage. Yeah, I, I kind of like that approach, too, and obviously you get a uh, altered spread because it's half the game instead of 11. Uh, I'll pull up the numbers right now. Uh, you can, of course, check this out at VEASAN's odds page. You can get first half, second half, first through fourth quarter numbers. But right now, across the board for this game, we're seeing anywhere from 6.5 to 7. It's honestly varying throughout multiple books. Consensus seems to be about 7 in favor of Philly. Total for the first half, there are some 22s, but most commonly 22 in the hook. So would you be interested at seven or would it need to be six in the hook for you to really get there on Philly? Well, you'd certainly love six and a half. And, and I, I think for a first half bet, that is a big deal. I mean, you know, it's a pretty big deal for a full game too. I think it becomes even more important for just half the game uh, to keep it under a touchdown. But, uh, you know, it's obviously elevated there. Uh, half of 11 would be roughly, you know, five and a half or six. And they're bumping it up. They're making you pay a tax a little bit uh, because, you know, they probably expect that people are going to try and avoid the full game, laying all those points uh, and maybe just try and make a first half bet. So they're charging you a little bit of a premium there. But I, I wouldn't feel too poorly about uh, laying six and a half in the first half. I'll tell you what, though, for the whole game, I'd probably take the eleven. Uh, we mentioned the fact that this is a division game, and we know how division games team, seem to be played much closer to the vest, more conservatively. And, and just look at the scoring in the NFL this year. I mean, we had one game this Sunday that would probably qualify as a blowout. And that was the Miami Dolphins beating the Cleveland Browns. Now you can look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Jaguars by 10. I don't really consider a 10 point game a blowout, even though Kansas City was absolutely in control for that entire game. Uh, but my point is, you don't get many games where a team wins by you know, 10, 12, 14 points. 
the Philadelphia Eagles last Thursday night played the Houston Texans and they won by 12. Uh, that's the Houston Texans. This is the Washington Commanders. Now, I understand that uh, Philly's at home and Washington's on the road here, but, uh, you know, the scoring is just unprecedented how close games have been this year, games that are falling, you know, at three or less. And then you talk about games that are falling as just one possession games. I think it's 72 games going into Sunday prior to Sunday's results had been uh, decided by a margin of seven or less. And, and that's not even one possession. You can go all the way to eight, uh, and it probably becomes even higher. So scoring has been very tight this year. Uh, scoring has been lower, of course. We know about all the unders and primetime unders. But you know, I think when you consider all of that, getting 11 points with a division opponent here is, is pretty valuable. And the other thing, Danny, you know, Monday night football – is often the best time to back a team that kind of looks like a wounded dog. And, right. you know, some people might have that impression of the Washington Commanders, but, you know, we've spelled out that they've been playing pretty well uh, in three out of the last four weeks. Even the last four weeks, they play were competitive against Minnesota as well. So you get that, the bright lights, the prime time and the stage, the national audience that is Monday night football. And a lot of times you'll see these le uh, lesser teams come up with their best effort. I'll give you one more little nugget here. You, you, we've talked about this before, Danny. When a team is really on a roll and then they go into a bye week and that kind of halts all their momentum, I like to bet against those teams on the other side right. of a bye. Conversely, I like to bet on teams that are struggling going into their bye because a bye week allows them to work on a bunch of stuff, get things corrected, and get back on track. We saw that play out with the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Uh, the... Philadelphia Eagles have not been on a traditional bye, but, and not only did they play last Thursday, they played last Thursday and they're not playing until Monday. So they get yet an extra day even uh, of rest. And, uh, you know, again, it's not a traditional bye, but obviously they were a team on a roll at 8 0. So maybe they slip up enough just to keep Washington inside this big number. Sure. All good points by you, Brady. It's a division game still at the end of the day, and as great as Philly has been, Heineke's been certainly an improvement for this Washington offense. Now, if you recall, they did play each other in Week 3. Philly did win that game 24-8, to and we we're talking about the first half, and all the scoring for the Eagles in that game came in the first half. 24 points in the second quarter. Nothing in the second half. Washington put up an eight spot in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz 25 of 43 in that game for just 211 on the air, or in the air rather. And then Jalen Hurts 22 of 35, 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions in a really good game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, um, I don't have anything necessarily on this spread or this total, but I do want to throw out some notable numbers uh, just in case anybody else is curious about it. So when you look at yards per play, a very important stat, uh, the Eagles are averaging 5.8. Washington's at 4.9. Defensively, we know Philly's defense has been really, really strong. They are limiting opponents to 4.7 yards per play, which is second fewest in the NFL. Washington's opponents getting about five and a half. So there are some discrepancies there. Now, Brady, I know you're someone who likes to delve into DVOA. So a couple of those stats that stood out, um, when you look at Philly's defense, certainly based on the numbers we threw out, you would expect them to be highly rated in DVOA. And they are third overall 
They're second against the pass, but they're 27th against the run, which is pretty interesting to consider when you look at this defense. And again, it, it hasn't been an issue considering they haven't lost a game. And a lot of it probably has to do with, I, I, I actually, I don't really necessarily know. I mean, they're giving up 5.2 yards per rush attempt, which is 30th, but it's not like the run offense on any other team is killing them, Brady. Like Damian Pierce went up for like a buck 30 or something last week. But it's not like it did that much damage. At this point, teams are trying to run the ball against Philly to maybe take the possession out of this Eagles offense and control the clock. That's what I would at least do if you know that you're going to be in a big underdog spot. And then really quick, and I'll let you add on to this, but uh, Washington DVOA defense, they're second against the run, but 25th against the pass. They're allowing 11.3 yards per completion, which is 30th. And they are allowing about 1.8 passing touchdowns per game. Uh, rushing touchdowns, actually, I think they're at 0 0.4, 0 0.3. Uh, let me double, yeah, 0 0.4, which is second fewest. And I'm going to kind of relate that to a prop on our episode of Prop Watch here on the podcast feed. But when you hear those numbers, Brady, does anything kind of stand out to you? Anything that you're hearing and you're like, all right, maybe that can correlate to a bet? Well, first of all, you know, you bring up a good point about the fact that these teams have played previously already this year. In fact, Philadelphia has beaten Washington three straight times. Uh, so Washington has a little bit of a blueprint from that earlier loss. And I believe Heineke is an upgrade over Carson Wentz, who played in that 24 to 8 loss earlier this year. And we've seen it on a couple occasions recently, that divisional rematch. We just saw the Panthers, you know, have that rematch with the Atlanta Falcons. They got the win. Uh, I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals or no, the Arizona Cardinals were swept by Seattle in division. There was one other rematch yeah. game uh, where the team forced to split. The team that lost the first game ended up winning the second one. And, and I don't know if Washington's going to win this game, but I think that's another reason why you can look at possibly taking the points. But you're absolutely right. The numbers that you spell out there uh, the one weakness that we can see in the numbers for Philadelphia is their rush defense. And I think that's exactly what Ron Rivera and the Washington commanders are going to try and do. They have been a pretty decent team rushing the football. And I think they're going to try and exploit that not only because it's a weakness for Philadelphia, but like you said, to keep their offense off the field and just try and run clock. If they're successful at doing that, they're going to absolutely be competitive in this game and probably stay inside the number. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, it's the only way you can really go against this Philadelphia team is to try and rush the football. So, okay, like I said, Brady, I'm, I'm doing the Prop Watch episode, and I like to uh, defer to you a lot of times to kind of get your thoughts on certain props. And with that being said, because I do have a prop that I played, but this is what I'm teetering, and I want to get your uh, verification perhaps which way to go. So looking at this Eagles run defense, again, they're allowing – 5.2 yards per carry, that's 30th. They rank 27th against the run, according to DVOA. I'm looking at a guy potentially in Brian Robinson, over 33 and a half rushing yards. And I had this discussion, um, I, I guess it was a game, yeah, it was a Houston-Philly game for Thursday night, and I didn't end up playing it, but I was like, if you're the Texans 
you really want to get Damian Pierce involved here against the weaker part of their defense, which is the run, and also because of the points I just stated, meaning you want to keep the ball out of the hands of this dominant offense as much as possible and try to keep it close in that fashion. So uh, with that being said, do you think that that would be a viable outlook in terms of the prop market for a guy like Brian Robinson over 33 and a half? He hasn't been the most efficient runner, Brady, but he has consistently gotten more carries than Antonio Gibson. Uh, Brian Robinson's averaging 13.4 rush attempts for 44 rushing yards per game, only 3.3 yards per carry, though. Uh, I kind of have my numbers, maybe him around like 11 carries for 44 rushing yards. Every time he's gotten double-digit carries, he has gone over this prop mark of 33 and a half. Would that be worth a play in your mind, or does it scare you? Because, well, if you're trailing to Philly early, then you have to pass the ball. That's also kind of the other side of the coin. Well, that's certainly a possibility, but you have to figure for the first half of football and probably into the third quarter as well, Washington is going to be trying to establish the run and they're going to be using both Gibson and Robinson. And yeah, I think he certainly gets over double digit carries and 33 and a half yards seems pretty light to me uh, when you're figuring on a game plan is going to be very run heavy. Now, one other note here, they do get Jahan Dotson, who's really been a, a great player at wide receiver for the Washington Commanders, the rookie out of Penn State. Uh, so that will certainly help the passing game. Uh, I don't think it takes away from the running game, but it just makes them less one-dimensional. So right. they will know that they have that option in their pocket. Uh, obviously, you've got Terry McLaurin. So they have options, weapons uh, in the passing game. So I don't think they necessarily need to get away from the running game too early if, of course, they don't get behind, you know, 24 to nothing right out of the gate. Right. which I don't necessarily expect. However, Philadelphia, the very best team in the league in scoring in the second quarter. So maybe that's another bet to look at. If you can just bet the second quarter isolated alone, maybe you look at what the number is there for Philadelphia. But I would expect, you know, that spread for the first half, six and a half, seven. I would think that's probably where we are. Maybe the commanders are down by 10 at halftime. But if that's the case, you're probably still getting uh, a pretty good dose of uh, rushing attempts by the commanders, uh, even in the first half and probably into the second half if they are only down by 10. Okay, I like to hear it. Appreciate the inside per usual, Brady. Um, I, again, I'm not doing anything with this spreader, this total. I would lean toward the under, but you've already seen a big shift and it's gotten under 44, so uh, it's nothing I'm going to end up playing. You said you have the lean, but you don't have any official plays, but you're always coming in, packing the heat with some of these trends and some notable numbers yourself. Do you have any more dialed up for this game? And uh, whether or not you do, of course, Brady and I, we're going to be previewing NFL Week 11, just early lines off the top of our head reacting to them. But before we get to that, Brady, I'll let you take the stage for final thoughts for Monday night. Yeah, I, I've got a couple here that actually favor the Philadelphia Eagles. And basically the whole conversation here has been me leaning towards Washington <laughs> with the 11 points. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are perfect against the spread in home games this season. Also, NFL undefeated teams are 36 and 10 straight up. 35 9 and 1 against the spread when they're playing at home with rest during the regular season. So, our theory there about uh, maybe the Eagles slip up because they've had this extra rest, being on a roll, and maybe that halting their momentum a little bit, the numbers don't necessarily say that. In their last uh, nine Monday night division games as favorites, the Eagles are 7 and 2 against the spread. So, all of that is heavy in favor of the Eagles, but you know, just because you see it happen more often 
often than not doesn't mean the trend won't go the other way. I mean, there's sure. certain trends that I think carry more weight than others. Um, I, I just think this number's big, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it come down a little bit uh, before kickoff. Uh, I don't know if it gets under 10, but I could see it get down to 10 flat. Is there maybe an in-game angle that you would recommend if it gets to, I don't know, maybe Washington gets out to the early lead or they do keep it close? Is there going to be, and naturally this is going to change based on the rhythm, but kind of just a preconceived notion of, all right, if Philly gets under seven, I'm going to look to jump in on them. Or is it all just you're playing it play by play yourself and then that would warrant the bet based on that? Yeah, if Philly you know gets to an in-game number of under seven, um, I probably would not mess with it because I think that indicates that Washington's being competitive in this game and, and they probably will be throughout. We know Philadelphia is primarily a first half team. So we talked about, you know, making a first half bet on the Eagles. Uh, that's not necessarily, you know, an in-game type of thing. Maybe if Washington, maybe Washington gets the ball first and scores a touchdown. Sure. And, and then at that point, the Eagles, if you, I, I don't know, Danny, I haven't necessarily seen this market, an in-game first half number I don't know if that's out there but you know if Washington scores first and there is a drastic move in the line on the Eagles that's maybe when I would try and take advantage of it but I don't necessarily want to bank on the Eagles you know running up this score in the second half because that's not what we have seen them do uh, I, I would say if Philadelphia is out to that 10-point lead or so that we talked about uh, at halftime, I would probably look towards taking Washington in the second half because, again, Philly hasn't done much in the second half, and the Washington Commanders, they're that team that just never seems to quit. They've covered games through the back door late. You know, We saw it with the uh, Taylor Heineke to Terry McLaurin uh, play against, I believe it was the Colts a couple weeks ago in, in winning that game. Uh, so they, they come to play in the second half, and, and I think think it's that rushing attack and that pass rush that tends to wear teams down not that it's going to do that to the Philadelphia Eagles but again I wouldn't necessarily want to lay a big in-game number with Philadelphia I'd rather probably play a second half bet or something like that with the commanders if Philadelphia was out to a decent sized lead at halftime all right you heard it there from Brady Cannon remember you could follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas golfer Okay, Brady, looking ahead, early lines, NFL Week 11. You know, I'm just browsing through this slate right now, and not that many games excite me like they have in the past, where I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what Brady says. Of course, I'm always <laughs> interested to hear what you say, but the games themselves not necessarily popping out on the screen. Maybe a couple, all right? And, and I think the first one, and it helps that it's the first game coming up this week, but Thursday night, you've got Green Bay at home taking on the Tennessee Titans. And the market's already showing some love for Green Bay, Brady. They opened a point. Now they're up to two and a half at several outlets. 41, 41 and a half is where we're seeing this total. Look, I know a lot of Sharps liked Green Bay on Sunday. Well, today we're recording this Sunday night, and it came through. I feel like, to me, the first thing that stands out in this game is considering a Derrick Henry rushing yards prop against this poor Green Bay run defense. But I could see why the love would be going for the Packers in this spot, and I don't even necessarily think it's recency bias, Brady. The short week would benefit the home team, you typically think, and that win maybe sparks something with the Packers. I'm just not that big on Tennessee. I know their defense, when you look at the metrics and analytics, are actually in the top half in a lot of categories. 
I don't know. They really haven't played the fiercest of competitors besides the Bills, right? I kind of have to go back. Well, I mean, the Kansas City, sure. But, uh, you know, now you got Tannehill in the mix. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm a little tempted to look toward Green Bay. But, again, right now, Derrick Henry rushing props would be something that I'd be looking out for. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I, I think this game is a really interesting handicap. Uh, I was talking about it on the Pro Football Blitz with Mike Pritchard. And, you know, I've noticed something in the last couple of weeks. I think Mike really has great insight for these Thursday night games because he's been through the ringer as a player and, and the physical abuse that you take week to week. And I think he has a great perspective on these short week games. And he called it last week with the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons like to play such a physical brand of football. They rush the ball. They try and run it down your throat. They try and beat you up. And they just went through a very physical contest with the Los Angeles Chargers going into a Thursday night game. And Mike was saying, that's not enough time to recuperate from all those bumps and bruises when you play such a physical brand of football. And sure enough, it came out that the Carolina Panthers just absolutely blitzed the uh, Atlanta Falcons. They looked awful. Uh, and, and this week, Mike brought up another good point that Nathaniel Hackett, of course, used to be a, a big part of that uh, Green Bay Packers offense as the quarterback's coach. And the Denver Broncos, now run by Nathaniel Hackett, were the opponent for the Tennessee Titans this week. So the Tennessee Titans just prepared for that type of offense. So now, on a short week, they've already got a jump on the preparation, having prepared for a guy that runs a very similar scheme to the Green Bay Packers. So I think that gives Tennessee a little bit of an edge there. You mentioned, certainly, that Derrick Henry is now going up against this uh, porous Packers run uh, defense. We saw the, the Cowboys tear it apart today. Both teams really were outstanding, the Cowboys and the Packers on the ground earlier today. But, um, you know, the, the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, probably even uh, a better rushing attack or, or a more violent rushing attack anyway that I think could put a real dent in the Packers' chances in this game. Now, the other side of the coin is, and this is a trend for you, and it played out today, games from Week 10 on, and I believe this is since 2005, the Green Bay Packers are like 26 and 10 at home, straight up. Wow. And that's just about weather, because week 10 on, obviously, we're in you know mid-November here. It's, it was very, very cold. I think 37 degrees was the high at Lambeau Field today. So when you have, and, and again, I forgot one other caveat in this trend, it's when playing against dome teams or warm weather teams. Uh, and the Tennessee Titans, I think, would qualify as a warm weather team from Nashville, Tennessee. So it's possible that the the you know the cold climate up there in Green Bay could affect this team. But outside of that, I think there may be some subtle advantages for the Titans. Interesting. Would you maybe in this again is us just speculating further ahead? Would they more so be attractive to you in that teaser spot? going up to plus eight and a half Absolutely. or do you feel confident maybe There's no yeah, doubt is about that it. probably the route you'd take uh yeah at this point you know here on sunday evening i would definitely look at teasing tennessee up i don't know if green bay right now can beat anybody by nine points uh, a six point teaser obviously getting you to eight and a half and we talked about it earlier the scoring in this league you're not getting many blowouts you're not getting a True. lot of games that are won by double digits so uh, i think that the teaser certainly makes a lot of sense Okay, Brady. And then game number two that, again, I, I guess I didn't necessarily think heading into this season and probably a couple of weeks ago I'd be circling out. But now with these ramifications in this division and what happened with the Bills, 
man, the sights are going to be set on New England taking on the Jets this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. And the Patriots open five and a half. It's down to four. Total open 39 in the hook. Now down to 38 in the hook. If you remember, New England took care of business against the Jets the last time. I actually did have a bet in that game. And look, New England got the win, but it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. And the bet that I had, meaning the Patriots, got bailed out because of that roughing the passer that should have probably ended in that pick six and would have changed the course of the game. Yes, Mac Jones yes. just looked terrific. And again, Zach Wilson wasn't that much better, but since then he's been, I, I don't know, he hasn't killed them. So I guess that's all you can ask for out of Zach Wilson. But man, Brady, I mean, you, you see this number over three and already playing this team, and they lost, wouldn't you be kind of tempted to take the points with the Jets in this spot? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was really surprised to see the number. Uh, I saw the five and a half. I have I have not seen it come down since, like you're saying there, uh, but it makes sense. I think, uh, you know, not just you and I are thinking that that looks like too many points, and, you know, I know the Patriots uh, made pretty uh, easy work over the Jets in their first game, but you, you talked about it. I mean, the, the Patriots Patriots, and we've really seen it all season long, they get forced into a lot of field goals. They don't necessarily yeah. score a lot of touchdowns when they get into the red zone. And we know about this Jets defense. That is certainly the strongest part of their team. And, and here we go again with another division rematch. Yeah, I, I would absolutely be looking at the Jets in this game, Danny. And you know, the only thing maybe that's going against them is they just beat the Buffalo Bills. And that's such a high and then they, you know, all that momentum is grounded uh, when they have to take their bye week. But the other side of the coin is maybe that gives them some extra time to come off of that high and, and get back to an even keel and, and get back to business and focus on another division opponent that just beat them a few weeks back. So, yeah, I, I certainly yeah. would lean to the Jets here upon my first reaction. Yeah, you're right, and, and and you make a good point because the bye week kind of holds some of that momentum, but this may have an asterisk on it because you're facing a team that just beat you pretty recently, yeah. and now that the division certainly has life to, to grab that first-place spot, I, who knows how viable it actually is for these squads, but again, a, a lot to play for, which seldom has, has occurred in my lifetime with that division since Tom Brady was in it dominating, but now it's it's open, the door's creaking open, and you mentioned New England in the red zone, by the way, Brady, uh, they are 29th, 46% mm. of the time are they getting a touchdown when they enter the red zone? So you're right. The Patriots have struggled upon entering the red zone. So if it's going to be a field goal type of game, if the Jets defense is going to contain Mac Jones, who's looked very containable and beyond that, yeah, getting over a field goal certainly seems like it would be the right side with the Jets. Uh, do you imagine this probably, what, like this gets to like three in the hook, but maybe wouldn't hit three? Uh, where do you think this number may end up? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I think three and a hook is very possible, and, and you say it's it's now at four, so no reason it wouldn't get to three and a hook. And 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 yeah, I, I think three is very possible. I mean, I mean, three and a half is is probably a foregone conclusion, and, and I think I think three is probably possible. I, I just don't see, uh, you know, the big money, the guys that move the lines. I, I don't see those people being heavy on New England here. Um, you know, Bill Belichick has had success. I think it's 14 in a row straight up wins against the New York Jets. But this is a very different Jets team uh, that, you know, went 0-6. Uh, I, I think they were 1-11 against the spread in division 
the last two seasons and 0-12 straight up. And now they've beaten the Buffalo Bills. Now I know they've lost to the Patriots and they've also lost to the Dolphins, um, but obviously doing a lot better in division so far than they have the past couple of seasons. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game outright. Agreed. I'm with you there, my friend. All right, Brady, uh, those are the two games that right now are standing out to me. Are there any games that have caught your attention as we are recording this Sunday night? Yeah, I tell you, one that jumped out at me and not necessarily making a bet, but I found very intriguing was the Dallas Cowboys going on the road for a second week in a row in the NFC North. Of course, they lose to the Green Bay Packers in week 10, and in week 11, they will visit the Minnesota Vikings. And I think there's possibly some perception from the general public that is not necessarily reflected in the line. The Minnesota Vikings win in miraculous fashion today against the big bad Buffalo Bills. They're eight and one. And I think, you know, the general consensus is probably that people are now sold on the on the Minnesota Vikings being the real deal. Conversely, people have an idea of the Green Bay Packers as being awful. And maybe they are but they beat the Dallas Cowboys today. And so maybe that has people thinking Dallas isn't really all that either. Right. So you kind of have one team being propped up and one team being downgraded, yet Dallas is a two-point favorite is what I saw on the road at Minnesota. I thought that was very intriguing. And I think everybody's first reaction will be, Minnesota at eight and one is a home dog. Give me the Vikings all day long. I think maybe the play would be to go with the Dallas Cowboys. That that sure. might be my first reaction, just to be contrarian based on the perception as far as recency bias, what these teams just did in Week 10. You're absolutely right. I mean, think about it. It's not like either team, like the Vikings, for example, they didn't win in an impressive fashion. It came down to the wire and virtually, you could argue, came down to a coin flip, even though the Bills did have their chance to win it. But the point being, it, it wasn't a blowout win in Dallas. Yeah, they blew a lead, but they very well could have and maybe should have won that game at Green Bay. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that notion. And it did open pick. Now it's up to two, it appears. By the way, totals at 47 in the hook. I mean, maybe if you want to do anything with Minnesota, I, I'd probably want to tease them up from, you know, two to eight. But I don't hate the angle of going with Dallas because... Their defense still is top-notch. Let's not freak out about what happened in Lambeau. And their running game, if they get Zeke back, even though Zeke hasn't been the most right. efficient, but it does take some of the pressure off of Tony Pollard without a doubt, they should be able to torch up this Minnesota defense that is really not a good defense. I no, mean, even though they not. won, again, they still gave up a handful of points to the Buffalo Bills. Well, you know, going further into, you know, the perception and what people are thinking uh, of what happened in week 10 to both of these teams, the Vikings realistically probably should have lost by 10 points. They, they were yeah. getting killed in that game, and it, it took some miraculous uh, circumstances in the fourth quarter, namely Justin, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson yeah. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know, fourth and 18, all that guy had to do was knock the ball down. The game really never should have gotten to overtime. The Buffalo Bills really should have won this one pretty handily, uh, at least by four points and probably closer to 10 points, but they yeah. allowed Minnesota to get back in it, and I, and I think that you know brings up a whole new conversation, concerns for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen throwing more interceptions in the red zone uh, like he's done the last couple of weeks. He threw a couple, you know, very ill-advised interceptions against the Green Bay Packers and what was an awful second half that they played in that game. So they're starting to show some weaknesses in the second half are the Buffalo Bills. But again, 
they really dominated Minnesota for a big portion of that game today. So let's not get too excited about the Vikings, even though I give them a ton of credit for, for continuing to fight and ended up winning that game. Um, and, and Dallas, you're, you're right. You mentioned it. They, they should have won that game. Green, Green Bay, you know, was in a bad spot. They had to come back late with the third touchdown pass to Christian Watson. Um, Dallas was pretty much doing what they wanted to do. Uh, they got the turnover from Amari Rodgers. They, they didn't necessarily take advantage the way they should have in, in winning the ball game. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of things you can point to uh, within those two games that Dallas was probably a lot better than what the result might say, and Minnesota was a lot worse than the result might point out. There you have it. Brady Cannon, folks, one of the brightest minds when it comes to handicapping the NFL, former Super Contest champion, host of the Pro Football Blitz, alongside former NFL receiver Mike Pritchard at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can follow Brady on the tweets. Brady, that's pretty much all I got for this upcoming slate as of this moment. And then, of course, Monday Night Football. I'll have additional info and plays in terms of prop watch available on Vsense Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. But uh, unless you got anything else, my man, I'm all set. Uh, what are you thinking over there in Las Vegas? Well, I'm looking forward to Week 11. Uh, you know, I was a game under 500 with my plays this week, so looking for a little bit of a bounce back. And, uh, hey, always great to uh, convene with you here on Sunday evening and talk a little shop, my man. No doubt. Absolutely. Always love catching up with Brady again at Las Vegas Golfer on Twitter. Love talking some football with him. Should be a good one, even though it's a big spread. You never know. Division game, Eagles, Commanders. We'll see what we can make of it. That's going to wrap it up, folks. Enjoy the game and best of luck.